You're listening to the Her True Strength Podcast, and in today's special episode, you're getting to sit in on an inspirational conversation I had with fitness and faith coach Michelle Spatafora, founder of Faithful Workouts. With tremendous success, Michelle has proclaimed her faith in the fitness industry for over 15 years and transformed the lives of thousands of women to build their confidence and trust in the Lord. In this episode, you're going to hear all about it and how you can find true and lasting confidence in the Lord through faith-focused fitness. So stay tuned. Her True Strength Podcast is your faith-based approach to discovering how to build your strongest body yet. You'll learn how to strengthen your mind, body, and spirit all through the lens of the gospel. I'm your host, Laura Lindahl, follower of Jesus, lifter of weights, and adventure enthusiast, and I empower faith-based women to build strong bodies from the inside out so they can confidently impact the world with strength and grace. Welcome to the Her True Strength Podcast. Thank you guys so much for tuning in to today's episode. I am here with Michelle. And Michelle, I'm going to have you pronounce her name for me because I have looked at it a few times and my brain is playing some games with me. So I'd like you to pronounce it for me so I don't mess it up. No worries. Spadafora. Spadafora. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I like that. Yeah. Where's that from? It's Italian. And ah. it's kind of cool because it means sword forward. Oh, I like and the sword that. Forward, yeah. Hey, cool name. That's fantastic. So Michelle, could you tell our audience just a little bit about yourself? Who are you and what do you do? <laughs> yeah, I am married to Jeff. We've been married for 31 years now and we live in Colorado up in the mountains. I think one of the most beautiful places around. And I have three adult children. I have three dogs now and I have been in the fitness industry ever since 1984. So yes, I'm old, <laughs> but old I am compared to who, Michelle, old compared to who? <laughs> young at heart. That's all yes. that matters. Yes. So yeah, I started in fitness in 1984, working at, you know, a health club in Chicago. And it was like, if you've ever seen movies of the workout world in the eighties and the, the whole scene. Yeah. I was right in there with it all. Okay. And so started there and was also doing event planning as my job. Mm-hmm. And then in 2008, through some changes in my life, just felt like God was calling me to do something with fitness. And so started Faithful Workouts kind of officially in April of 2009. And Faithful Workouts is kind of, there's different components to it, but we have a TV show that airs on several different networks. But the main chunk of what we do is an online faith, fitness, and food program. And yeah, that's what I do. Oh, that's so cool. I love that. I'm just curious. You said that there was like an event and we don't have to dive like too, too much into it. But how did you know, and this could probably tie into what we're going to talk about today. How did you know that something had to change, that something in your fitness needed to be surrendered to the Lord? What caused that shift or like, what was the tipping point for you? Sure. Well, I had gone many, many years without having any faith at all. It's not that someone told me the story of like the good news or about Jesus, or I went to church and turned away from it. I'd never heard of it. I was just not exposed to it at all. Mm-hmm. And when I had three kids in three years, that's a time in your life when you're like, help. What am I going to do? And so I feel like God just kind of came to me because I was like, help, help. What am I going to do with all this? Not talking to God, just kind of my own heart. And I knew they wanted to grow up with better morals than I had growing up. Mm -hmm. And so God put on my heart to go to church. 
And I mm-hmm. thought it was just for them. And in reality, this girl needed to have Jesus in her heart. And so once I understood truly what the good news and the gospel message was about, I am, my personality trait is an includer. Mm-hmm. And so when I understood how much better my life was because of my faith, I wanted everybody else to know about Jesus. Mm-hmm. And so just felt like in some quiet time, he just whispered in my heart, you know, take me to your fitness platform. And so I had been, like I said, teaching in a club since 1984, but it was all about me. It was about me looking good, me on the stage, me, me, me. And Mm -hmm. and so he helped me to realize that, yes, I've given you a love of exercise, but it's there's so much more, so much Mm -hmm. more that I have planned for you through exercise and all that. So, yeah. So then I just was like, okay, if this is what you want me to do, started talking about Jesus at my local health club where I live about 7% of people have Mm -hmm. faith in the Christian faith. And so started talking about the club and then God just opened up doors for us to go on TV and do a bunch of other stuff. So yeah, it was just kind of my realizing what had been so missing in many people's fitness plan Mm -hmm. and then how it had changed me and how I wanted to help people moving forward. Mm, That's awesome. That is so, so cool. Yeah. And I think that's the exact topic that we're going to be talking to our audience about today is this kind of concept of why should we get Christ at the center of our fitness? Why does it even matter? So I, I resonate so much with your story, Michelle, when you say like, were these two connected? Do these two need to connect, you know? And then once you connected the dots, you were like, oh, this makes so much sense. This is aligned. This It's so much easier. Life becomes so much lighter, which I think we'll kind of talk a little bit more about that as we dive in. But how would you describe in your own words, what is like Christ centered fitness. So if somebody's like never heard of this before, maybe they're just getting into fitness or maybe they've been in fitness for a long time and never really had the concept of like, oh, Christ can be at the center of my fitness. What does that look like in your words or in your world? Yeah. You know, I would say I'd I'd love to start by taking it kind of a step above that and talking about how Christ needs to be at the center of every single thing we do. Mm-hmm. And one night, my husband and I were on the phone, and he's in ministry as well. And we were talking about how there's so many people who like go to church. I think, that, you know, and they would say they, they believe in Jesus, but they're not living with joy always. They're very much having stress and worry, and they're just not really getting all that God has for them. And so I went to bed that night, and I woke up in the middle of the night with a very loud voice. And the voice was saying, fully integrated fully integrated over and over. Like I got out of bed, wrote it down, had no idea why, went back to sleep, woke up the next morning, see these words written out Mm -hmm. and God kind of put it together. He said, why are people not living with joy always? Why are they missing out? It's Mm -hmm. because they've got a little piece of their pie that they're giving me, but I need to be at the center. Mm -hmm. So if you think of a, a bicycle wheel, in the very center and everything comes off of it. Or if you think of a pendulum that's always moving, but always connected. And that's what I feel like he was really saying to me, like, if we want to live with joy, if we want to receive what he has and, and, and live differently, it means putting him at the center of everything, which of course includes our fitness. I remember back in 2009, like no one doing fitness and faith together. People would say to me, like, what do you mean? Like, are you just going to sit and pray during the workout the whole time? And I'm like, I'll be busting your butt hard, but we'll be, um, you know, we'll be doing this for our motives will have changed. Why we're doing it, what we're hoping to get out of it will change. But I think the real thing is people say, well, how can God help? I don't get that. Like, how can that happen? One of the things is, you know, in 1 Peter 5, 7, God says, you know, I care about everything. Give all of your worries and cares to God because he cares about you. 
And so if you care or worry about your health, talk to God about it. Mm-hmm. He also tells us always to ask him for things, you know, right? Ask, ask me. And so, so often we forget to say, hey, God, do you think you could help me to make healthier choices today? Mm-hmm. And I mean, when, when you believe his spirit's in you, so of course he can help you. He can help you to think differently, all of it. And so it's about asking him for help, but you also have to check your motives. He cares about our motives. Man looks at our appearances. I look at your heart. He cares about our heart motive. And so when we really get our heart to line up with the will of God that we're working out because we want to care for the body he's given us, we want to have strength and energy. We want to be able to be one of those who can go out into the field because the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. We want to be ready to go in the field, which means taking care of our body. Mm-hmm. And it's this whole shift in our mind. And because I've been doing fitness for 38 years, I believe it's been the missing piece mm-hmm. in people's plans and why they're not succeeding in reaching and their goals and consistently making healthier choices. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's beautiful. I really liked how you touched on kind of this like divide that exists. And then a lot of women, they don't even recognize that they have this. I know I certainly didn't. Now looking back a couple of years, I'm like, yeah, I totally see how I had this, this divide between the sacred and the secular. If you could put like a mailing address or return address on that, where in your opinion or your thoughts, Michelle, do you think that that comes from? Where does this divide that like, I can keep this part of my heart safe in my own, like, why do we think that we can buffer up like our best in like our health, but not in our devotions or like other aspects of like spiritual disciplines? Why is there this wall? Like, where did that come from? The divide between the sacred and the secular? You know, when it comes to fitness and caring for our body, I think it's been around for thousands of years because, you know, there's believers back in like biblical times who would be like, hey, you shouldn't care about your body. The body's a fleeting. It's gone. You don't even worry about it. Mm-hmm. And so you would just, you could do anything you wanted. Who cares? Do anything to your body because it's not going to last. Mm-hmm. And there was, was that kind of thought. And then there's the other half that would be like, you know, you're caring for your body. That is so vain. That goes against, you know, mm-hmm. caring for mm-hmm. others. And so there's been mixed emotions about how our body is to be used for God's glory for a long, long time. And then the other thing is that the secular voice, when it comes to caring for our body is so loud. It's loud from like little on. I mean, especially women, you know, it's all about what does your body look like? Mm -hmm. Not so much what your body feels like or what you can do with that strength. It's how you can win people over, how you can Mm -hmm. get love if -hmm. you could just get your body to look a certain way. Mm-hmm. And so there's just this like strong voice of the secular world. Mm-hmm. There's not really churches talking about the physical mm-hmm. health very much still. And so it's like, okay, how do I get all of this and kind of bring it together into a place where my heart's at peace because of the way I'm caring for my body as well? So yeah. I don't know if that completely answers it, but that's, I think it's been an issue and a challenge for so long. Mm-hmm. And we can use like that whole God doesn't care about what we look like to let us kind of almost like, I'll just go and eat whatever I want. Mm. It's We're using mm-hmm. it as an excuse to really right. give us instant gratification over the things we want to do or not do. Right. Yeah, I definitely agree. I think you're spot on there. There's kind of the twofold, like, I think the church has not done a super superb job of educating and empowering women in that aspect. And then, yeah, I think because of that, they're either left 
to hear two voices, the voices inside their own head or the voices from the world that are talking to them. So it's going to be either the flesh or the enemy. And like yeah. neither one of those voices is going to point them towards the spirit. It's always going to point them towards the things of this world that are really distracting and really sparkly, like getting the affirmation of other people, like getting self-gratification. All of those things are like really satisfying and really sparkly. And I think one of the reasons I always like to kind of think like, why would Satan use fitness in such a way? But I think fitness is just such a powerful way of stealing our worship because it puts us in a room full of mirrors instead of a room full of windows. And when we're inside that room full of mirrors, all we're looking at is ourselves. We're seeing our imperfections. We're seeing what we want to change. We're seeing what's wrong. As opposed to being in a room full of mirrors where we can see the world that we're supposed to be engaging with and loving well and seeing the needs of others. And I think that that's why I think he's like, let's keep them in that room full of mirrors. I think too, I mean, Satan, he wants us to hate ourselves. He Mm -hmm. wants us to look in the mirror and say, who would even listen to you? Why would you go out and tell them about God's love? Look what you Mm -hmm. look like. And he's all about trying to get us to do so much negative Mm self-talk that, you know, we can't truly be God's servant out there. Mm -hmm. And so, because the world says that we can only love ourselves really if we look a certain way, if Mm -hmm. we've got the right size jeans on and all of this. And so he loves that we're just kind of beating ourselves up. We have shame and guilt Mm -hmm. continually over it. And you know, those all go against allowing us to go and be God's hands and feet in the world. Yeah. Oh, that's so good. That reminds me of like his original lie to Eve, which is to defame God's character. Did God really say like, is God a liar? You know, and he just planted that thought inside Eve's head. Yeah. And in the same way, I think when he keeps us stuck in shame and guilt, I think he's defaming God's image in us because we are made in his image. He says, if I can get you to defame yourself, I don't have to do it. Yeah. <laughs> so I think we're a lot of us, yeah, it's yeah, amazing. we're doing the job for him. So, okay. So I think we've talked about pretty well, like what is Christ-centered fitness? And it's, I like this idea of it just being more like, it's what Christ is infusing into every aspect of our life. He doesn't just want a room in your heart. He wants your entire being. And so I, I think that that's exactly what it is. That's how I'd summarize it too. It's just, mm-hmm. it's being in a place where Christ isn't just why you go to church. It's why you breathe. It's why you do what you do. And so I think that that's like one of my favorite names of God is Yahweh, because it literally like breathing in Yahweh, like he is our breath. And so I think when we can kind of shift this for women changes a lot, right? Like it changes how they approach fitness, how they approach their body, how they approach other women around them, right? Now, one of the things we didn't touch on, but this is probably pretty prevalent in a lot of women's mind is this thought of like comparison and how we compare our bodies to other women. And that can really negatively affect our unity as a church or unity as a global church, our unity with one another when we're having these thoughts of comparison with one another. So when you're looking at scripture, and some of you guys, you might not be at this point in your walk with God yet, but the truth is our purpose for being here on earth is to reconcile people back to God. So Mm -hmm. those who are lost, we're supposed to lead them into the open arms of God. And if that's truly our purpose and we're convicted about it, we have to then allow God to fill us up completely with his love. So we're so filled up with love. Now I'm not going out and doing fitness to try to gain love because I got enough love. Mm 
Mm-hmm. I've got plenty. Mm-hmm. I've got extra love so I can help love people enough to love them towards God. And then also when I'm caring for my body, it's one, because I love my body. I want it to be able to do what God wants me to be able to do. I exercise because I love my body, not because I hate my body. I eat healthy mm-hmm. because I love my body. I don't diet because I hate my body. You know, so it's that whole thing of letting, understanding your purpose. Everyone who believes in Jesus, same purpose. How we live out, reconciling back to him looks very different. I do it through fitness. I know people doing it through quilting and different things. Yeah. But no matter what, we need to care for this body so that we can be ready to say, here am I, send me, I'm, mm. I'm good to go, you know? And I think when we really start to understand that our time here on earth is like just a dot, it's a small amount compared to eternity. And how can I best take care of my body so I can do the work that God's planned for me to do. And I'm not at all saying that that means deprivation or pushing your body so hard. It's about moderation completely when it comes to those things. I'd like to touch a little bit more on this so that our audience can kind of understand, like, let me ask this. Let's flip to the opposite first. If Christ is not at the center of their fitness, if Christ is not kind of permeating from their secular or from their like sacred world into the secular, into their fitness, into their nutrition, what might be some signs or how might somebody know that they're in that place where Christ is not at the center? I think a lot of us kind of can, I know that I did this for years. I fooled myself into thinking I was doing it right. (laughs) I, I fooled myself into thinking I was being a quote unquote good steward when in reality, I was wrapped up in a lot of shame and a lot of guilt and doing it for performance. So from your experience, Michelle, coaching women, coaching yourself, being a trainer, trainee, what might be some signs or symptoms that would help one of our listeners to identify that that Christ isn't actually where he needs to be in their heart and, and maybe that fitness has become more than it was designed to be? Mm-hmm. I think one of the first questions to ask yourself is back to, you know, whose glory are you doing it for? Mm-hmm. You know, there is absolutely nothing wrong with wanting a strong, healthy looking body. But is it so you'll be glorified or, you know, I think people notice like when we lose weight, people are all about noticing and asking questions. And it, are you ready just hoping someone notices so that when they say, oh, my goodness, you look so good. What did you mm-hmm. do? You mm-hmm. can be like, you know, I've tried so many things in the past and never worked. But this time I asked God to help me. I tried to get my eye more on him. And it's amazing how. You know, and, and so it's like, OK, good. Notice. You know, it's that verse that says, let your good deeds shine before man so that they you can give glory to your Father in heaven. Go, make healthy choices, be consistent, but you're doing it and hoping that if someone does notice, it's just a way for you to open up a conversation with them about God. So I think that's mm-hmm. one way. The other mm-hmm. thing is, are you looking at it as I'm doing a diet for a short-term event? Like, am I just trying to do this? I'm going to get skinny for my daughter's wedding and that's it, Mm. or my own wedding or whatever. Or are you saying, really, I'm not so much focused about losing weight. I'm focused on gaining health. Mm. And losing weight and gaining health can go hand in hand, but they can also go in polar opposite directions. So if you're Mm. so focused on the losing weight, and it's even if it's to the point of damaging your health, you're probably not having got the true center of it all. If you're still trapped in comparison, If you are allowing shame and guilt to really bring you down when you eat something that you felt you shouldn't, you know, and this is a process. Like if you're right now saying, yeah, I just said yes to all of those. Like, Don't worry about it. Like, it's okay. Like 
it's a journey that he's going to go on with you, mm-hmm. switching from the secular thought on losing weight compared to where God really wants us to go. And so call on him, ask him to help you. A lot of times, you know, I love a song that says like, you know, help my unbelief. Like mm-hmm. if you're not even believing he can help you, talk to him about it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I think that's some signs that you're still kind of a little bit in the secular world. Yeah, I think kind of just that place of admittance is a huge place to start of just like, okay, like I have body image struggles. <laughs> like getting that out of your head and just verbally saying it out loud, even to yourself first, and then like taking it to the Lord because he knows about it, regardless if you're talking to him about it or not. He he knows it. I think it's just like, I sometimes think, you know, you have not because you ask not. It's like, why have you not asked for help? Why have you not asked for healing in that way? So that's really powerful. I'm trying to think through with my experience, like when women come to see me, kind of where they're at, what are some of the symptoms? And I really resonated when you talked about kind of feeling this like pushing, this constant like push to get ready, push to be enough, push to do enough, push to look fit enough. And it's just this like constant pushing that a lot of women put themselves under. And I just think it's very contradictory to how God asks us to live our life in stillness. God is not a God of rushing. He is not a God of like deadlines and those Mm -hmm. are not in his character. And I think if we're trying to exemplify his character, that like pushing and drive and like, just comes to like, you know, you can just hear it in their voice. You can see it in how they run their lives and how they push their workouts or how they push their schedules that there's just this certain aspect of like pushing that happens. And it's often because they don't understand that God can actually pull them, like mm, pull us towards mm. our goals instead of us mm. pushing so hard. Oh, yeah. He can help us with temptations. He's been tempted. You know, he he talks about how to help us with temptations. He's mm. He wants you to have strength and energy. And he's willing to stand beside you and hold your hand and pull you along towards that. But it starts again, like you were saying, you know, you have not because you ask not. I have these things called the ABCs of fitness. That's just A is ask, ask him Mm -hmm. for help. B, you have to believe he can really help you. Mm -hmm. It's one thing to throw it up and say, all right, God, help me. Yeah, Mm -hmm. that's not going to work. But, you know, to say like, no, nothing's impossible with you, God. I can do all things through you. So come along. I'm going to really do the best I can to do my part in this. Mm -hmm. But where I fail, can you just come in and take that space for me and help Mm -hmm. me? And then again, the last one is C, check your motives, ABC, mm-hmm. you know, ask, believe, check your motives. And I just know he's there to help. Mm-hmm. You know, he's taken away, you know, certain desires for me when it comes to food. And, and I'm telling you, I do not eat a perfect clean diet every single day. 80% of the time, pretty healthy. I love healthy food, do pretty good. 20% of the time, I'll have a burger and a beer or a pizza pizza. And I'm completely fine with that. Amen. So, <laughs> no, I'm like, no shame or guilt. I'm yep, fine with yep. it. You know, I do really avoid sugar. That's just, I think, one thing that I just know causes inflammation. And I've taught myself enough about the negative effects of too much sugar that I don't even want it. Like he's taken away my desire for it. I'll have a bite and that would be it. But other than that, I really, you know, I'll eat French fries. I'll eat bread. Just not all, you know, not all the time. I eat more of the things that are good for me and smaller amounts of the things that aren't that good. Yeah. I think that's a beautiful result of like a satisfaction in the Lord. I think that's awesome. 
for, so that's like a really good sign or symptom. If somebody is, let's say, let's flip this coin, what are some of those benefits, changes, shifts that you've seen when women do surrender their fitness to the Lord, when they agree that like he is the center, he is the all in all, he is their breath and fitness, he is their why. How does that change things? Well, one of the first thing that changes, I think, is your stress levels go down. As we know, and we've all heard, stress is bad for our body. And when we have that low-grade constant stress, that stuff that comes from like feeling negative about yourself and stressing about what you're going to eat or when you're going to, and it's all this stress, that's really bad for our health. So just turning it over to God and asking him for help and trusting him, you've already improved your health, whether you Mm -hmm. lose a pound or you don't, you've already Mm -hmm. started to improve your health. But the other thing is like my friend Eileen, I mean, she was a definite sugar addict. I'm talking, she started her days with Coke and had some candy bars and more Coke. And she felt old. I mean, her hands ached. Everything felt just sluggish in her brain fog. And her faith started to grow more and more. And she was just like getting convicted, like, wait a second, God is not wanting me to feel this way. What could be causing this? You know, and realized it was probably her sugar addiction. And she turned to God, she said, how am I going to get over this? What can you do to help me? And he taught her to just, you know, ask a simple question before you eat, take a moment and say, how will I feel in an hour if I eat this right now? Am I going to feel achy and so, and that kind of like just talking to him and literally God giving her little pieces of advice. Mm-hmm. We call her, I don't know if anyone knows about a movie called Benjamin Button. It's about yeah. like this person keeps getting younger. Yeah. We call yeah. my friend Eileen Benjamin Button. It's uh-huh. like she's 12 years older than when we first started, you know, hanging out. She looks so much younger and <laughs> feels so much different, but mm-hmm. she would say it's all about turning it over to God. And, and I think that getting rid of the stress and the beating up is huge. I mean, stress, you know, affects our digestive system. It affects our immune system. It, there's, you know, a lot of things. So just learning to trust him mm. is a huge step in the right direction. Yeah. Yeah. And if you multiply that stress, it's the, I was talking with a client the other day and we were just talking about triggers. And she said, it's every time I get out of the shower. And so how, how often are you showering? She said, well, every day. So you're telling me every single day you're feeling this way, you're feeling these negative thoughts, you're feeling this. So every single day, your body is going through a massive fight or flight response where it feels like it's not safe. It feels like it's at risk every single day. And I says, and I asked her, okay, how many years have you been doing this? And she said, well, like, I don't know, like as long as I can remember, I'm like, all right, that's a lot. (laughs) That's a lot in your body. So can we view, you know, and this was a, a celebration. We always kick off our calls with celebrations and gratitudes. And one of the gratitudes is that she was able to get out of the shower and she reminded herself, I am fearfully and wonderfully made by a good and loving father. Mm -hmm. And she said in that moment, everything just shifted. And she said she felt extremely light. She said she felt so much peace. And I said, this is just, it's so much more valuable. Can you see how this is so much more valuable, so much more healthy than losing two pounds or losing five pounds? And is this not something Mm -hmm. that we can pursue more? So I think that's beautiful, kind of having that lack of stress, that ability of like mental clarity. And then what might that allow for? So let's take that like a step further. Let's say, let's take this like mega Michelle. So Mm -hmm. these women who have surrendered their life to the Lord, put Christ now at the center. What is that now allowing for in like mega scale? I would say that one of the biggest things is you stop walking into a room wondering what everyone's thinking of you Mm -hmm. and what do they like? How do I look? What do they think about my body? Mm -hmm. And you're so distracted by all of it that you can't even really be present. And what happens is you start to say, 
I carry the presence of God. Mm. I'm walking into this room. This room just changed the feeling in it. I am shining light on people who are living in darkness. And your mind gets so off of just your looks and you're more outward focused because it isn't about you anymore. Although you feel better and you have strength and energy, it's about like looking outward. And I think it makes life more exciting more adventurous when you're not so concerned and people pleasing. And and like I said, I've been in fitness forever. And I think people pleasing is absolutely devastating to our health, Mm -hmm. which people don't understand. Like, what do you mean? Well, again, you feel at times you have to eat something because you can't tell them no, that would hurt their feelings. Or you Mm -hmm. can't go and do the exercise workout you had planned because somebody wants you to do something else. And it's like, The thing about people pleasing, and I know for me, there's people who will think about me and say, you exercise too much. Others say, you don't exercise enough. You talk about Jesus too much. You don't talk about him enough. You shouldn't drink any wine. You should drink more. It's like all of this. And it's like the most, it's never going to be a win situation. And so when we are like, again, keep going back to the love of God, because I think it influences us in so many ways. But when you are full of by God, you completely live differently. You experience situations being able to be more present because you're not so concerned about you. Yeah, I think that's so beautiful. I really liked how you talked about just being so filled with the love of Christ that you don't need the love of other people. And I think a lot of the times that we forget that because it's so easy to allow just our emotions are very, very helpful, but sometimes we just get so filled up by the praises of other people. And I think when we do that, we also put ourselves at risk to die by their criticisms. Absolutely. And when we allow ourselves to be so filled up by the love of Christ, his criticisms of us are, you know, like because of what Christ has done on the cross, like the criticisms don't exist. Like yeah. we are justified freely and there is no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. Like there is all of those Mm -hmm. condemning voices that we hear, those aren't coming from the spirit. And it's interesting because if you look at John, the book of John in the New Testament, John 15, he's, it's all about like, remain in my love, remain in my love. Mm -hmm. He says it, I think eight or nine times or abide. And then he says, you know, I've told you these things, meaning remain in my love so that my joy will fill you. Your joy will overflow. But then he says, you know, a couple of verses later, the world will hate you. Yeah. What? We're talking about yeah. joy and all this. Really, you know, I literally think, I mean, he knew people pleasing was going to be an issue for mm-hmm. us. They say Peter was a people pleaser, that he struggled with it in the Bible and all this. But it's like, this is a challenge. And you have to understand, not everyone's going to like you. Be okay with it. Mm-hmm. Don't do this. I kind of remind myself, I am not exercising and eating healthy and or dieting, whatever people want to call it, for love. I'm not doing it so I will get more love. I'm doing it from love. Mm -hmm. I am fully loved. I want to share that love. I love myself. So now from love, I'm going to care for my body Mm. rather than for. Yeah, that's beautiful. That's beautiful. And we talk about that too. Oh gosh, Michelle, I kind of feel like in so many ways, like just God has like led us down a really similar journey. So it's cool hearing these phrases that you use in your coaching. Cause I'm like, oh yeah, we talk about train from acceptance, not train for acceptance. And so yeah, that's just so cool. So I love that. One of the things that came to my mind as you were talking and I'm hearing this like shift that happens for when particularly just the beautiful example of walking into a room, because we all do that all the time. One of the things that happened before I would notice all the time, I would forget things about people. I would forget things that were happening in their life. I would forget things that they were asking for prayer for. 
And for the longest time, I was like, why can't I never remember them? And it occurred to me that's because I'm not thinking about other people often. Uh, (laughs) I'm thinking about, I'm thinking about myself. And so I don't know if that resonates with anyone. It's just kind of a thought that I think the Holy Spirit brought up to me as I was just like, why can I never remember people's prayer requests or people's names? And it's because I wasn't caring. I was only caring about myself in conversation or I was so distracted by the thoughts and noise that was happening in my head about, you know, the static of what do they think? What do they think? What do they think? And I mean, there's just powerful scripture about people pleasing. I mean, Galatians 1.10, Paul says, obviously, I'm not trying to be a people pleaser here because if I was trying to please man, I couldn't be Christ's servant. Mm. And we can't go out and live who God created us to be unless we can release the people pleasing. Mm. And again, it's something that only can happen through God changing our hearts, changing us. And so if you struggle with people pleasing, and it's just taking your life down, you have to understand, go to God with it. You can be free from it. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, so many people think, well, you can't really not care what people think. Well, yeah, there's times for us to go and ask people for advice, you know, wise, you know, get wisdom and everything else. But then you take that and you bring it back to God. And if I choose to not listen, that's okay. You know? Yeah, that's absolutely beautiful. And that kind of takes me to, I think our next question, maybe logically some of our, our listeners are wondering. So like, I want to be at that place. I want desperately to be at that place. I think that so many women want to be there, but they just struggle with knowing how. A lot of my followers kind of fall underneath that category of being perfectionist, all or nothing mindset. So they're like, I want to go all in, but I don't know how. So what words of wisdom, words of advice? You've been in fitness for a while. So followers, listen to what she's saying. <laughs> she's had the ability to kind of see this through the um, years, but she's old. When she's 60, <laughs> the wisdom is so valuable. So what would be some of the words versus thoughts? Well, when you said the word specifically perfectionism, I I recently read something that I found was so interesting. There's the word perfectionism, and there's a Greek meaning of the word, which is very much what we think of, meeting a high expectation, looking a certain way, living a certain way, doing everything perfectly. That's what perfectionism is. But if you look at the Hebrew meaning, it is when you turn to God at all times. Mm -hmm. It's about turning to him. And that's what makes you perfect, that we do things perfectly. But it's just a cool little twist on that word perfectionism, because again, so many do struggle with that that word. And so I would say if you are still saying, okay, I believe in Jesus, I do, you know, I really do. Are you spending time with them? And I understand when you have kids and they're young and you're busy and life's, life is just busy. And I typically can take sometimes 10 minutes in the morning and sit with my Bible and read. Not hours, a little bit here. When I'm in the car, I'll cue up a podcast that's reminding me of who I am in Christ. I'll listen to music when I'm working out. It's Christian music. So I am trying to keep my eyes on Jesus throughout my entire day. You know, scripture tells us like, seek the kingdom of God first, like to sit with you. If you're listening, sit with that verse for a while, seek the kingdom of God first and say, okay, what does that really even look like? Mm. You know, because he says, when you do this, I will give you everything you need for day to day. And he goes on to say, don't worry, little flock. I love that he says little flock. It gives your father great pleasure to give you the kingdom. Like he's not trying to hold back these things from you. He's there saying, please sit with me, spend time with me. Let me pour this love all over you. 
But it is a choice that we have to make at times. Okay, I'm going to turn the noise of the TV off and I'm going to sit and I'm going to read or in my car. I'm not going to listen to the latest talk show. I'm going to listen to something that's going to remind me of who I am and whose I am. Mm -hmm. And it's like that whole like pendulum staying always connected. Like even during our podcast right now, I've thrown, you know, set up to God like, hey, tell me what to say. Hey, what do you want me to do? I mean, I'm so glad I'm not the only podcast guest that does that. I do that all the time. Sometimes I'm just like, Holy Spirit, can you tell me what to say? I don't know. So cool. I love that. And those like little prayers are good, you know, Mm -hmm. but we also have to learn to hear our father's voice in quiet because then we'll recognize it above the noise. There's a great story our pastor told us. And there's a place in Colorado where there's about 16 basketball games going on and they're all little kids and there's like the whistles are blowing the buzzers are blowing it's the noisiest place and most chaotic place you could ever imagine and the pastor was his son was playing basketball and all he said was hey ashton like didn't scream it didn't make a scene just said that and his son looked Hmm. and it's because his son had heard his dad's voice enough and quiet that he could recognize it in the noise And that's why I think it's a beautiful combination of in the quiet, learn to hear his voice. And the more you do that, the more you'll hear it all day long. Mm. And he can guide you through past those temptations, guide you to make the right decisions. Mm. I talk about scripture a lot because I just think it's so important, but a very powerful scripture when it comes to fitness is in Colossians 1.29. And it's just, Paul says, I work very hard at this as I depend on Christ's mighty power that lives within me. Mm-hmm. Like I work hard. I go and I make that choice to go into the workout room. I go to the store with a grocery list of healthy foods. I do my part as best I can. But I also know that if I don't completely depend on God's mighty power that lives within me, mm-hmm. I'm not going to make it. Mm-hmm. So it's this balancing act and you've got a role to play, but then God's right there to do the rest. That's beautiful. That is so true. I really like how you mentioned that verse. That's one of my favorite. I think when we try to balance that love and discipline, I think that that's like the beautiful combination found in that verse of love and like loving your body, but not loving it to self-indulgence, but also disciplining your body, but not disciplining it to the ground. (laughs) So So good. So good. That's beautiful. So I think that's awesome. And I kind of want to wrap up with that for our listeners. I think that as they start to perhaps chew on some of the concepts that we've talked about today, that something in this would resonate with them deeply. And I would just encourage you guys, if something did, don't keep it to yourself. I always wrap up my podcast with encouraging women to take action on something that they heard. We have a lot of voices and I don't want this podcast to just be another voice that you hear where you're like, I heard this great conversation. Like, I don't want just to have your applause. Neither Michelle, I trust you at this point. We are not here for your applause. (laughs) We are here. We are spending time to do this so that you will grow closer to the Lord and grow in your health journey. So Michelle, thank you so much for your time, for being on here today. You are just such a bright light for the Lord. And I've just been blessed even just by our time together and, and by your ministry. So thank you so much for what you do. Thank you for being you. And I look forward to talking to you guys really soon. Yeah, loved our time together. Thanks.